With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. And during the few moments that we have left, we want to talk right down to us in a language that everybody here can easily understand. myself a very formal introduction that we're all familiar with. It's the one, the only, Brian Rails. Who the fuck else? And I'm going to tell you right now, it's so good to hear what I've been saying for the longest, even if it's a small crowd of 15 to 25 people, or maybe even 20 people in the Performance Center in Orlando, they started this on WWE Raw, the, not the inactive, but the up-and-comers of NXT were allowed to be, you know, they're starting to bring slowly but surely the live crowds back for both NXT and AEW. AEW's been doing that for a while now, you know, having the people that are inactive or not active at all um, involved by, you know, cheering on, booing, it helps a lot. Because in professional wrestling or theater or anything for that matter, it helps to have an audience convey the emotion of a match, the emotion of a promo. And guess what? Hearing boos is actually going to help people like Selena Vega or Robert Stone or not just valets. But when people are cutting promos and there's dead silence, it's kind of hard to uh, kind of hard to tell your story, really, for that matter. So tonight, aside from me reveling in the fact that we actually have crowd noise now, I, Brian Rails, am going to review NXT and AEW Dynamite. It's kind of a newfound tradition, and I will find music cues to do later on. But tonight, tonight, folks, tonight, I'm going to read AEW's first. I don't want to, I want to. See what they had tonight because the revival, fuck the revival, was there tonight. So not heavily saturated, eh? They bring it up very. I am bringing up very valid points. That AEW is now going to be heavily saturated with WWE talent that was successful in NXT, but then failed to make it on the main roster. So they might as well have an X division like TNA. And I'm gonna, you know, here's the thing. So I'm gonna read the results and hopefully hopefully somebody somebody will make this review worthwhile, right? Alright, so the show opened up with Dear Lord. Inner circle is from Bruce from the action on Saturday <laughs> and Chris Jericho groans because they have a truckload of shirts to sell and say they were the winners on Saturday. Okay. You wanna talk about going old school with certain things. Okay, so Matt Hardy and the Young Bucks versus Joey Janela. This sounds a lot like Ring of Honor, but you know who cares? You know what? It's a show, right? So Matt Hardy transformed his 1998 self. Oh, wow, I like this guy, Spot Monkey Time. Even though I don't know if this guy's been a part of the business or not, I don't give a fuck. The Young Bucks and Hardy keep control early on, then. Uh, 
They'd work over Nick Jackson. The action did not slow down until Cassidy applied an abdominal stretch. The Young Bucks would get into it with Butcher and Blade, and this would lead JR to take a dig of the way NXT is currently doing its audience. Um, I'm not surprised because they're going to take pop shots at one another. That's just part of the business. So uh, Then later on, it said Matt would get a two count from the side effect, and then Janela would eat a double super kick. Stuff for legendary, blah blah blah. Matt Hardy and the Young Bucks win the six man tag. And then afterwards, Matt Hardy would help Mark to the back and Butcher and Blade. Okay, suddenly the revival made their form debut. Okay, so this is cute. Um, Brian Cage versus Lee Johnson. So Moxley came out for commentary. Okay. I'm going to say it's nice. There's a few bright spots about AEW, and Moxley is one of them. Jericho would be another, and then the few people that can actually work a fucking match. I'm sorry. I'm going to take pop shots at them, too, because Lord only knows. This is great. So Britt Baker uh, came out. She said she had injuries, and Breaker's now blaming. Okay, so she's giving referee a blame, and this this is the referee that has merchandise. Is there a crime in people having merch? No. Is there a crime in referee having merch? Yes. Yes, there is. Sorry, Yali. I like Yali. Yali Stewart's better than Aubrey Edwards, just saying. But anyways, that's a different story for a different day and a different rant for a different time. Baker's now blaming referee Aubrey Edwards for all of her injuries. Okay, Hikaru Shida versus Christy James. have no clue who these people are and don't care. Hikaru Shida, I know in Japan, is a very prominent talent. Christy James don't care, don't give a fuck. I'm just being honest about my assessment of AEW's women's division, which I could easily take a fucking 20-minute piss break, and it would come back as a hardcore match with no rules, which is kind of what AEW, actually that's the majority of what they are, is saturated with WWE talent because there was a statement made, we're not going to saturate our roster with World Wrestling Entertainment former talent. I call it fucking bullshit. Moving on, SCU versus Sabian and Havoc. This match was to determine who would challenge Adam Page and Omega for the Tag Team Championship next week. And then the winner was Sabian Havoc. Okay, who cares? Um, Battle Royal. Oh, Battle Royal. How many Battle Royals is that for AEWs? To determine the first challenger for Cody's AEW TNT Championship. We're not going to book for ourselves, they said. We're not going to make ourselves the champion. We're going to build the talent around AEW currently speaking. Those were the statements, folks, of Cody Rhodes. And before I get into this, so Orange Cassidy was taken out before you know could even get in by Santana and Ortiz. And then that was the payback for earlier tonight with, you know, Jericho, I guess, getting even. So Cole Cabana was eliminated. And then Orange Cassidy come back. So the winner, oh, my God. AEW's version of Matt Riddle. The, you know, Jungle Boy. So, okay. That was their version of a show. All right. Well, um. I'm going to move on to NXT before I do something I normally don't do, and that's, you know, I don't like ranting during sometimes because then it takes away from Off the Rails Uncensored, which is the four-year anniversary. Actually, that was March, so kind of missed the boat. But the point is, folks, that show I've I've recorded, and it's it's a lot different watching live because I have rewatched some AEW episodes and wished I had not. Just on the forty, you know, I have a choice of watching that or NXT. I watch NXT and I think, well, at least their stories carry on past two weeks or a week. Or I'm just gonna say it, AEW is all over the place and they have no continuance of a story unless it's Cody, Chris, Omega, Moxley, Pac, and now, oh, but wait, fuck the revival is in AEW territory. They've just signed the official contract. You know, congratulations, fellas, you found a home. Um, so the NXT results for tonight, it was a very, it wasn't a very lax show, it was actually one of those shows that was 
preview, I guess. Not a preview, but um, Kurt Angle was on tonight. Wow. Yeah, he was a special guest referee in a match where somebody got their chiclets knocked out of their mouth. That was Tim Thatcher. We'll get on to that later on. So, and it was uh, from Full Sail, actually. My bad. Miss Nation. Rhea Ripley and Io Shirai versus the NXT Women's Champion Charlotte Flair and a partner of her choice. That partner of her choice, I don't know why they didn't capitalize on this prior to this, but Lacey Evans and Charlotte would have made a great uh, women's tag team, to be honest with you. And I'm glad that they're testing the waters with Charlotte and another talent. Uh, let's see here. Adam Cole and William Regal had negotiations, and that was if Dream lost to Adam Cole, he could not challenge for the WWE NXT Championship as long as Adam Cole is the champion. I don't know. It feels like Adam's held that belt for a while, man. It feels like he's been the guy that you want to knock off the top of the perch. So, oh yeah, Drake Maverick, Kushida, and Atlas kicked off the night. Uh, Maverick ended up winning in a controversial fashion. He's going to challenge Phantasma. And the winner of that match, TakeOver In Your House, is going to be the new WWE Cruiserweight Champion, obviously because Devlin cannot compete because he's overseas. And there's a, there was a 30-day travel ban. Now, we don't know. So... There's that. And I don't see any mistake in here. So <clears throat> there was, you know, Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae that came out and said, we have a Johnny Gargano invitational. Gargano ends up beating Adrian Alanis. So it wasn't a terrible NXT live, I would say. Is probably saving it for next week when it's going to be a preview. So it was a pit fight. I don't. I didn't think so. I'm leaving. Uh, I watched that one live. I'm going to rewatch AEW later on. But by the way, folks, it was a much easier show for me to watch, and here's why. If you we're watching wrestling before this, you know, without the crowd, it's very difficult. Matches like uh, Io Shirai and Rhea Ripley. That was hard. That was hard, you know, to watch without a crowd and not hearing noise. So I'm just going to say, you know, it was difficult watching the cage match without any, you know, noise at all. But anyway. That's not that's not the results I needed, dude. Why did you let me read that? I did watch it live, and I'm going to tell you right now the women's match between oh yeah Charlotte used the ropes after having you know a miscue from Io Shirai who hit Rhea Ripley on the outside of the ring. I'm you know got it all in my head what's important. Oh no no no. So. As I said, I read most of the results, and I'm very impressed with Drake Maverick, and I think that's a good idea. So, wow. There was a tap out, and it, was, it wasn't it was bad. I mean, there's a controversial finish, but what's new? Gargano versus Adrian Alanis, and that was a very quick squash. It wasn't, you know, that interesting. Uh, oh, my goodness. I, you know, this this author may not understand, so Shotzi, promo, you know, that was last week, too. So, Rhea Ripley and Io Shirai versus Charlotte and the partner were choosing. Well, I don't know if that's the results I wanted, my friend, but I do know that from what I saw, okay, from what I saw on NXT tonight on May 27th, I just, I don't know. It's kind of a mixed bag. AEW, like I said, I don't care to watch them live. 
but I do know their results and I am well aware of what's going on and I am well aware who is in their locker room, not just like the inside report, but from what you see on the internet, on Facebook, what you see from Google, not just from Google, but Wrestler Insider, Cage Side Seats, the usual, right? I wish there was a live show too. If you have any questions, feel free to message me at wrestle underscore radio on Instagram, Brian or B train O five thousand on Twitter and wrestle radio forward slash Facebook dot com. Leave a message in our inbox. We'll get back to you as soon as possible. Lady Lynn is still on sabbatical. She will return fairly quickly. Don't know when, but she is taking time. So, oh, yes, thank you. These are the results I need. So, all right. Drake Maverick versus Kushida versus Atlas. Okay, I know I already read those results. Let's see what else. Oh, yes, Adrian Alanis versus Gargano. I already read that. So, Mackenzie Mitchell interviewed Drake Maverick, and this is the part that I missed out on just for a little bit, and then... uh, Imperium said the tag team titles aren't coming off their shoulders, so you saw a promo between Orny Lorkin and Danny Birch. Shotzi Blackheart versus Raquel Gonzalez. I bet you, yeah. I bet you, because... Yeah. She won via pinfall. I knew that was going to happen. Gonzalez, obviously, size-wise, is definitely going to win that one. And then you saw the women face one. They need to make... Well, actually, the tag team championships for the women work for NXT main roster, both. So, if you have any questions about that, man, you might want to ask them. I'm not for sure if they're going to make NXT's own individual women's tag team championships, but I do know is that it'd be interesting since the women's tag team champions could travel to NXT and challenge someone. I mean, that might actually make it interesting TV, right? Compelling television, right? Okay, and then Leon Ruff versus Tommaso Ciampa, and then Karrion Cross gave a promo after that. Matt Riddle versus Tim Thatcher. Folks, I've seen crazy cage matches. I was at one at Hell in a Cell way back when, 1998. Undertaker versus Cactus Jack, or Mick Foley, or whatever's Mankind, there it is. You want to talk about crazy matches? Ones that'll make you go, ooh. Tim Thatcher, dude who's six foot three, does catch wrestling style and also shoot wrestling, mat wrestling, you know, the mat tactician. Went one on one with a guy who used to fight inside a cage. You know, they didn't utilize, you know, much of the cage. There's no raking piece, someone's face on on their bars or whatever, because you know what's going around. Doctors actually came out after he had his teeth knocked out or chipped, if you will, by the King of Bro style, Matt Riddle. After he had his teeth knocked fucking basically out of his mouth. Jesus flipping Christ, dude. Wrestling isn't real. You know, in some aspects, it it's entertainment. They're entertaining a crowd. And just like, it was kind of like a crowd that was there. NXT, you know, up-and-comers, but to have a crowd during that match actually helped. To hear people boo Tim Thatcher was even better. You know, Matt Riddle's been pegged as a superhero, right? So you need a guy that's the antagonist, a guy that can match him move for move, right? Thatcher and Riddle are similar in a lot of areas, except for one wrestles barefoot, the other wrestles with black tights. One is 6'2", the other is 6'3". They used to be tag team partners once upon a brief time, and then Thatcher basically got his break. A choking Riddle out. And I gotta say, man, that match was a good match, and it's gonna be a definite good feud in the near future. I like the way that uh, it was built. 
You know, they started out together and then they very quickly departed. Do you know it's kind of uncommon for WWE to um, hook someone, you know, and if that were main roster, I don't know what their choices would have been creative-wise, but I think it wise to have, you know, separated Riddle and uh, Thatcher. Kind of like it was, if you think about it, it was like Al Snow and Steve Blackman. One was extremely a goofball, and the other one was just so serious. And I got to tell you, after watching the match tonight and seeing the uh, the blood and the doctors come out saying, are you okay? He's like, are you okay to compete? They even did come out with a flashlight to see what the hell happened to Tim. And this tough bastard just basically went on with the match. And I'm, I'm just like, wow, man, this is insane. But I'm not surprised because it's like I've seen Thatcher's matches at Wrestling Revolver and not just Revolver, but Evolve. Um, let's see where else. Oh yeah, I'm pretty sure I've seen him elsewhere, man. I just can't pinpoint what building and where, but this dude—he's definitely got something going for him, and it's a good—it's a good rivalry that's a brewing with him and Matt Riddle, with Thatcher and Riddle. So, thank you for that. But now, folks. It's that point in the show where if you have small children and they repeat what I've been saying during quarantine, I can't really be at fault because my show does have a disclaimer. Off the Rails Uncensored is a copyrighted podcast that contains explicit language throughout the show. If you have kids listening to the show, this this material broadcast is not suitable for minors under the age of 18. Do with it what you will, folks, but Off the Rails Uncensored, any insemination, copy thereof, replication thereof of Off the Rails Uncensored will be prosecuted in the court of law. And by the way, they can do court cases over Zoom. Anyways, as I was saying, Off the Rails Uncensored is a trademarked podcast on March 7, 2016. All rights reserved, 2020 Incorporated. You will be fined $45 for any reproduction or likeness thereof of Off the Rails Uncensored. So, I'm going to just say right now, add a little flavor to you because it's been a while since I've, uh, well, actually, you know what? It takes a bit longer, so let's just get straight to the fucking point, shall we? Monkeys in the truck. Hit my music. something I like to call the reality of it is. reality of it is professional wrestling will always need a crowd. Do you know why? Because if you don't tell a story, then why is there even a crowd to begin with? But if you don't have a crowd, how the fuck are you going to tell the story? Well, that answered my question tonight because they've been having it apparently since WWE Raw, that slow integration of, of a small crowd. And though it looks like um, up-and-comers, I got to tell you something. Having having a motivation for you to get out that curtain and hear the boos, to hear the cheers, it must have felt nice for the workers. It must have felt real, real nice hearing boos, cheers, oogles, ogles, NXT chants. I really, at this point, was so grateful to hear sounds during the show because it's like cricket, cricket, chirp, chirp. It's hard for people like Zelina Vega or people in general, you know, not just her, but Seth Rollins, 
or a Carmella or anyone for that matter. Even if Roman Reigns was to come out that curtain, which we haven't seen for obvious reasons because of his health and due to this pandemic, they don't want to risk they, as in the powers that be, don't want to risk his health. Um, before them implementing a crowd, AEW was already doing that. That's okay because that train wreck of a show, I you know, the title is A Crowd is a Crowd, Why It Helps a Wrestling Show. I can briefly talk about that. But, you know, like I told you all, if I bash something, it's my personal feel on it. If I'm trying to say things could get better if a company does things a certain way, I'm referring to AEW and I'm not holding back. You guys want my honest opinion on them? They have said a lot of things in the light of before the pandemic, you know, that made me wonder, why are we watching your show it's because it's so you know it's not bad according to some people it's a revival of professional wrestling in general I don't feel the need to make sure that AEW is going to you know be the bulk of my discussion so therefore I'm going to tease the rant and just basically explain why a wrestling crowd helps out a wrestling show. not going to repeat myself in a loop because that would suck. When I first started watching wrestling, man, this stuff was so intriguing, so enthralling. I was like, man, I would love to one day get inside a ring and be a part of a show. Well, I did that in 2016 in May at Sprint Center before all this social distancing stuff, before all this COVID-19 and over 200,000 people, you know, on the death toll and whatnot. Wrestling to me has always been something that tells a story. Some of you may describe it as a soap opera, a men's soap opera between different characters, you know, they add different elements to a show or a different feel. It's definitely difficult watching a show without an audience. An audience enhances the experience. Like if you're at a concert and you know the group and you know what they're going to sing and you cheer the minute you hear the beat or the dramatic, you know, the dramatic intro and then they go straight into the song you're like man this is so badass this is so cool then you hear the crowd around you and it brings it up even and amps it up even more and makes the song special well in professional wrestling all you're really doing is listening to a crowd right tell or help tell the helping the wrestler tell their story So, here's my thing. I say that a lot on here. Here's my thought process when it comes to a wrestling crowd. Regardless of whether you're AEW, WWE, CZW, NWA, Japan, New Japan, Ring of Honor, doesn't matter. A wrestling crowd helps you tell that story whether it's a shitty match or not. They're going to let you know. You know, the chant of we want refunds hasn't been uttered in a while. And chant of let's go so-and-so, this person sucks. That hasn't, thank God I hate those chants anyways. But I do appreciate, as a fellow fan and a former worker myself, I do appreciate hearing an audience during a live TV show. Just why... It helps tell a story. And when that story is being told, whether it's Robert Stone getting on top of the apron, getting his ass kicked, you know, for good reason, you know, there's a resolve. It doesn't fucking matter, folks. I I will always find something 
to point out in an optim an annoying optimistic version saying, Man, I really like the way they did this, but that's not optimistic, that's cynical, I guess, but you get my drift. I enjoy watching professional wrestling period. But it's much better and it helps a lot that there's a crowd to, you know, put the key in ignition put your foot on the gas and just fucking floor the some bitch and just fucking go. It helps it. In other words, it's a big help because some people are like, well, I could do the show without a crowd. Yes, you say that now, man. But it's, it's more than just having that audience, you know, and, and just hearing not just, well, it's more than just having an audience. It's the, thank God, oh, I feel a lot less pressure you know, without the audience. It's like, like I said, it's going to be weird if the NFL goes to no crowds. It's going to be weird if baseball ever fucking comes back, which I hope it does. But the point is, without an audience, it makes the atmosphere so much more tense, so less desirable. Right? I found it very difficult to watch WWE's NXT, or for that matter, the main roster, because imagine going to a convention and you're only allowed 10 people per panel. One, that's difficult, and two, I'm pretty sure the the people involved are saying to themselves, okay, well, at least we have people. It's not the same as hearing a mass reaction you know, to whatever it is and whatever message they're trying to portray to an audience. So it's difficult. In other words, it's difficult. It's difficult. It's not easy. It's there's a lot of adjectives that I could describe here in this fucking segment, but let me tell you something. I I know for a fact that not having a crowd, not being able to hear that immediate instant reaction to when you do a certain move in the ring or when you get up and you start a promo and you don't hear insta-boos or you don't get nuclear heat during one sequence, you know, the match, it's hard. It makes things ten times harder because then you got to go, okay, well, imagine to yourself, if I did have an audience, what would it sound like? Now, it helps that for the last couple weeks, WWE's been having... You know, an audience to help them along. Now, past that, you know, have to always do the headline and go uniform it. I do uniform my show, man. It's just uh, I have to be consistent, right? So it starts off me going after the headline and then jabbering on about what's wrong with AEW. Through my observation of what I've seen them do and watching their replays versus watching it live. It's the same fucking thing. They're very inconsistent with the statements that were made by Cody Rhodes, by, you know, not by Chris Jericho, because a lot of people have respect for Chris and what he's done for the business and what he's done for AEW alongside Cody Rhodes and the co-owners of the fucking program and the the entirety of AEW. I don't dislike Chris. I don't dislike Omega. But I, however, find it annoying, you know, when subtle jabs at the company that JR worked for for how long? For 16, almost 20 years? Dude, here's what I have to say. I respect Jim. No disrespect to Chris. No disrespect to Cody and all them. But when you make statements saying you're not going to oversaturate your fucking roster with former talents of WWE, when what the fuck do you call the revival? Who the hell do you call Britt Baker? Nyla Rose was never a part of WWE, and you're going to name off people that were never a part of WWE. Orange Cassidy auditions for NXT. Once upon a time, all these cats beforehand had auditioned for NXT or auditioned 
through Ring of Honor or been known, had been known by Cody Rhodes. Omega, there's no, no need for introduction. Cody, the man made a living off of driving off of just being a great fucking wrestler. I just, it irritates me because, okay, you want me to name more? Hager, former WWE talent. Santana and Ortiz, never once graced or stepped foot presence in WWE. Bullshit. I bet you they thought about trying out. It doesn't mean they were or were going to. But taking a look at the talent roster, some of them are former competitors in the Mae Young Classic. And I guarantee you if I see Piper Niven pop up in there when, you know, the stuff clears out for, from NXT UK, there's a lot of names that I could list off from a former WWE standpoint. Britt Baker really just didn't fit in in WWE, and she's a great talent. I don't know about that. Now they're giving, you know, opportunities. Is that such a bad thing? No. What I'm trying to say is when you make statements as if you've never made them before and then say, oh, I didn't say it, we're not going to sign a lot of former talent. We're going to build upon our own roster is what Cody Rhodes stated at a press conference. And I'm going to keep driving this fucking point home. You want to say that you want to be WWE in talent. So Matt Hardy, former WWE talent. The Young Bucks were considered but never called upon. And they refused to sign in NXT or anywhere in WWE. That's fine. I don't have a problem with people rejecting other people's offers. What I do have a problem with is when someone says something and it just rings through my ears, just resonates as complete bullshit because you say you're not building upon. That's very – that's AEW reminds me of WCW back in the time when they were competing in Monday nights or you know during the Monday Night Wars when Bischoff and, and Vince would go at it to see who could get the upper hand, who could gain – the ultimate upper fucking hand. Well, all I can tell you is as I start to uh, clean my room because I need it to clean just a little bit. And now I'm going back full on, you know, face into the microphone or basically face into phone. You want someone to drop pipe bombs. You want someone to fact check a group of individuals who pride themselves on taking jabs at their competition. That's not a fucking problem in taking a jab at a competition, but when Dash and Dawson show up on a fucking show, which they're probably going to get renamed something stupid because, like I said, I have mad respect for Dusty, but Jesus Christ. Uh, Some of the gimmick ideas were absolutely fucking horrible. Shockmaster, Johnny B. Bad, Oz. He was a great worker, man, but hooey. Um, I just, AEW just drags home a feeling of impending doom when it comes to, do you remember saying this at your press conference back in 2019? Back when Sasha Banks tried to sign with AEW because she was frustrated with what was going on, and Cody took a look at that and said, nope, no thank you, we don't need you. She didn't exactly say those words, but thanks for the offer, no thanks. It was probably the proper send home, you know, that she was given. What I'm getting at, folks, is I don't do well with people who say one thing and then completely go off of what they, you know, basically they say one thing and do another hypocrite. Hypocrisy there, there's the word I'm looking for. When someone says one thing and then does the opposite of what they just said. There's a lot of that going around right now in the U.S., not just in AEW, not just in WWE. Not Hypocrisy in WWE, there's, there's a lot that could be said about that, about their past blunders with career moves and not utilizing tag teams and great workers. Like, okay... Luke Harper, the chosen one. I mean, I'm really not sold on that whole fucking gimmick because it's fucking retarded. 
How is it retarded? The chosen one. So the Dark Order now has three, or there's one leader, right? We have one, the exalted one there. Not the chosen one, the exalted one. Is it stupid because I didn't come up with it? No, it's just, it's stupid because even with the crowd, AEW's going to be the great new shiny toy, right? They're going to be something that people look forward to because it's unpredictable. You don't know what's going to happen. And that's great. Until you run into the problem of who the fuck is feuding with whom and where are your stories? It's so goddamn inconsistent. They're like, well, the elite and uh, this group, so favoritism. Something you guys also claim you're not fucking doing. In the back of the fucking locker room, dude, it, there's a lot of talk about you saying we're not booking ourselves to be champions. So Jericho being a champion the first time around is not favoritism. It's not, you know, playing favorites by any fucking means. And then him leaving the fucking title by accident at Texas Roadhouse in Jacksonville, Florida, right? That's not taking pride in your championship. It isn't taking pride in champion, my bad. Let me rephrase that in a different tone. That's definitely not taking pride in winning a championship. That's called, I won the title, now I can leave it at a restaurant. Well, actually, I can leave it inside the limousine and not even give a fucking damn about the title that was just won. Some may say, well, you're just, you sound like you're pro-WWE. There's a lot of mistakes they've made, too. But I'm not, you know, like I said, AEW is a brand new company shooting off at the mouth, and ain't no one in general, as a wrestling fan, knows who they are. Asked a coworker of mine, he said, have you seen AEW? I said, you don't want to. And I said, they are too much like how WCW was from 98 to 2000. No. Uh, when they first started, I was intrigued because I wanted to see what the hell's going on. They got a bunch of former WWE talent in there. Even the old dogs are going out, like Arn Anderson and Jake the Snake. I mean, these guys are workhorses when it comes to creative ideas and genius. Uh, but it comes to... Finding oneself, looking at this show, going, okay, audience or not, do I really want to subject myself to watching AEW's programming? Do I really want to subject myself to watching them with or without an audience? And I got to tell you, I applaud their effort in some areas, but it's just... Some people are comparing them to the Attitude Era. I don't fucking think so. The Attitude Era had consistent stories. You didn't know what was going to happen was part of the feel of the audience. But when you fast forward it, you had a consistent story feud between The Rock, Stone Cold, Stone Cold, Vince McMahon, Triple H, Vince McMahon, Triple H, Stone Cold, Triple H, The Undertaker. The Big Show was involved. The Big Boss Man was involved. You didn't know what the hell was going to happen, but at least you had a general idea of who was feuding with whom is what I'm getting at. Sorry, like I said, I told you I was going to fit the description of the headline on my show, which was, A Crowd is a Crowd, Why It Helps a Wrestling Show. If I just do that, it's going to repeat, and then they say, well, you bashed AEW before. It's like, okay, you know what? Here's reason why. I've been a wrestling fan, and I've been a part of a wrestling show here and there. I've been a referee, not on a professional level. Yeah, it's considered a professional level if you refereed Lucha. But the point is, if you don't have consistency in your stories, if you don't have consistency telling the crowd, okay, this is who's feuding with whom, they say, well, that's predictable. That's boring. No, because when it gets later on in the fucking, you know, layers of your show, like, I'm pretty fucking sure that no one's going to pay attention to the fact that AEW's around, right? Some people are like, well, I do know what that is. 
but I just never watched it. I only watched a few minutes of it, and then I turned the channel. Only what they call purists are going to say, well, it's better wrestling than it's predictable shit in WWE. Predictable my ass? I love when people say WWE has been failing for years on main roster. No, that's not AEW's competition. NXT is AEW's competition. Though people may say, well, that's traditionalist. It's the same shit we could see on the indies. Do you see any indie shows going on right now? What you could see in the indies is what AEW is doing. It just has a lot more production and a lot more money to be forking out and be showing the general viewing public their their bullshit, which is we're going to make Jungle Boy win a battle royal. Okay, cool. Their version of Matt Riddle. Their their tag team championships is a direct – or not, their TNT championship is a direct ripoff of the Raw tag team championship belt design. Guys, you want to say that you're original. You are original in the fact that you're doing something different, but you're also trying to just sound like a bunch of whiny bitches to me. I don't want to hear about how WWE did you wrong. I just want to see a fucking wrestling show. But no, I mean, we have JR taking jabs at him. Shivani takes jabs at him. People pay attention to what you say, but for only how long, because some may say, this is genius, this is great, this is captivating, this is depthifying, this is great TV. I call complete bullshit. You just now put crowds, you know, AEW doesn't listen to reason. They had MJF at one time handing someone money. Is that a crime? No. It is a crime when you have old timers going at it, and they don't need to be going at it. You know, Jake the Snake still got a lot in him, and he's a great worker. But Arn Anderson, dear Lord, man, one more spine buster, and that hip's going to pop out of fucking place. They're like, well, the Undertaker, okay, if we're going to take pop shots at one another, my friend, here's some well-known facts for you. Did Arn Anderson headline WrestleMania as many times as the Undertaker? Did... Jake the Snake Roberts, was he a part of WrestleMania? Yes. Can he still go? Probably, but it's not suggested that he does. I know, and that's what I'm trying to tell you, is that anybody that you walk up to on the street, they go, Do you, did you watch in your life ever, did you ever in your life watch professional wrestling? You know what their response is? Yeah. Back in the WWF days, they're not going to say any general fucker that's on the street that you walk down and you ask them, you say, do you know what AEW is? Is that a new soda? Is that a new drink? What's AEW? That was the, not shitting you, there may be one or two people that knew about AEW. And why am I so angry? Because, like I said before, in a generalized consensus, this was a statement from Cody Rhodes regarding Sasha Banks. Do you think you're going to sign Sasha Banks because she is frustrated with that? Do you think you capitalize on her departure from WWE? Because that's unfortunate on their end, you know, any type of sins, whatever, but we're not going to start signing a bunch of, uh, we're not going to be overly saturated with former talent from WWE. We would like to build upon what we have right here and start from the core and make AEW a unique brand. It is unique in the sense that every fucking match is hardcore. Literally every match has no rules. And people want to get on to them and cheer them cool. I don't have a problem with people cheering for AEW. I don't have a problem if you cheer for NXT. I do not certainly have a problem if you support the independents because a good buddy of mine, Kurt Gannon, is heavily involved with that. So, you ask me what I think of AEW when they're going to have a crowd come back. They've already had, you know, the wrestlers that aren't working the show, they already have them working on the show. So, 
to me, as, you know, an audience, I don't really mind. I don't mind having an audience, but I do mind if the stuff that you're telling the audience is one big lie. Plain and simple, what am I trying to convey? What is my message for tonight? It helps to have a crowd, and AEW is full of shit. You honestly think you're going to last longer than three years. I, mm-hmm, TNA made the same fucking mistake because who's the main center of attention? Who's the main attraction in the company? Or main attractions. You've got Nyla Rose, Kenny Omega, Sammy Guevara, Jake Hager. You've got Orange Cassidy, who wrestles with his hands in his pockets. I don't give a fuck. You've got Kenny Omega. You've got Hangman Page. You've got Dustin Rhodes. You've got Santana Ortiz. You've got Cody, Dustin, fuck else. Oh, yeah, the Young Bucks and Matt Hardy. So, basically, a reintroduction of TNA slash WWE Attitude Era slash Ring of Honor. Because Dash and Dawson now fuck the revival. They are in the crosshairs with Cody Rhodes. It's just, um, whatever. I, I find, like, okay, you just said you're not adding talent that is going to saturate the roster. And you're going to just build upon your own fucking roster. I... I've said this for weeks on end. I applaud the fucking talent in AEW because there's no doubt about it. They are great athletes. However, it does fucking irritate me that people are like, oh, they're such a great show. Every match has to be hardcore. Every match has to have no rules. So, in other words, to gain an audience, you're, you're basically saying, throw caution to the wind. I don't fucking mind that. Throw caution to the wind. Mouse traps, barbed wire. And wrestlers doing commentary. So we're going to take a page out of WWE's playbook back when they didn't fucking give a shit. They still don't in some aspects. It's just how how much impact is it going to make when crowds come back? That's going to help AEW out in the long run because they need a crowd. WWE doesn't really need a crowd in some instances because why? They're a WWE shop. Isn't still makes money, and now they added Klarna as a payment system. Having a crowd benefits WWE because if they have events like WrestleMania when this pandemic ends, it's going to be a competition no matter which way you fucking look at it, dude. I'm just telling you that when you make a statement that is so fucking suspect when you look back at it, because you fast forward and now people are like, oh, I like AEW. I like this company. I don't, like I said, I don't care what you like so long as you don't shove it in someone else's face and say it's a better company than Ring of Honor or it's a better company than New Japan or WWE. All I'm telling you is it is a crock of shit to start saying words like, we aren't doing this way, and we can say the words fuck shit, damn it, asshole, whatever, on live TV, and think that you're not going to be investigated by the FCC. Because, Lord only knows, man, TNT, I haven't watched that. I, I and others who don't watch much TV because of our work schedule, it's because, yeah, it's a lot of, a lot, a lot of factors that go into why I don't watch AEW anymore. I watched them the first six weeks of their uh, broadcasting, and that was in 2019. 2020 began, I still was watching them back and forth with NXT, but then I figured an audience is really helping AEW's cause because they're the brand new shiny toy. They are the brand new kid on the block. They are, you know, like the new boy band that comes out, and some, you know, prepubescent teenage girls are just like, Head over heels, goo goo gaga, I'd over one. So, in essence, they are providing a service for wrestling fans. However, there are those of us that want to point out a few things. You've got to have fucking consistent stories. There's got to be consistent stories because Moxley is now feuding with 
somebody that's a familiar face. So it's basically WWE's mid card showing up on AEW and basically being utilized, supposedly ignoring better talent because this is what WWE lacks. This is what they're lagging on. It just, I'm sorry. I, I lose all energy after ranting and raving sometimes, folks. And let me just close by saying, when all this shit's over, we'll see. We'll see how well, you know, ratings are. We'll see how well sales are in shirts and, and whatnot. I guarantee you it's neck and neck, but they're not going to fucking tell you that. Between WWE and AEW, to be honest with you, I'd rather choose WWE. Because there's a there's a level of consistency between superstars or in feuds. And there's no ifs, ands, buts. They just fucking do it. They manage to portray, or not portray, they manage to convey their message to the audience in a simplistic form. AEW, it's all over the fucking place. Who, what feud am I supposed to be following? Matt Hardy versus uh, the uh, inner circle. So NWO Black and White versus NWO Wolfpack 2020 version. Also, the merchandise, my friends. Please understand that when you're merchandising a new brand, please be original. Sean Spears' shirt looks very similar to Triple H's King of Kings. And Chris Jericho's shirt, I don't, like I said, they are a hot mess and a fucking half. And that's just one person's viewpoint. That'd be me. So people have tuned me out because of what I said about them. I don't care. I really honestly don't care. Just a quick shout out to end this fucking madness. Thank you for my listeners in the UK, Australia, Latvia, Indonesia, Spain, Tokyo, Japan, Italy, Germany. I love you all. You know, listening through this pandemic has been has meant the world to me. So get up the listens to get to six thousand all time listens within a record. That'd be a record because that meant. And 700 people listened in the last three months. I mean, I could do better, and I will do better. But uh, thank you all for listening. What's up? United States of America, Canada, all of you. Thank you for listening and tuning in to Off the Rails Uncensored. Join us next week on Monday, whether or not Lady Lynn joins me or not. I will still do a show on Monday, and I will still do a show on Wednesday. So, therefore, thank you all for listening and tuning in to Off the Rails Uncensored. And uh, if you didn't like what good old Brian Rails has to say or had to say, then I got three choice words for you. Forget about it. (laughs) Toodles, bitches. I got to sleep. I got to work in the morning. Love you all, but, you know, need my beauty rest.
With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.